Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? We are back and normally this is when I introduce Griff on the show, but today we've got a special guest on the show. We got the one and only, a lifetime Dallas Cowboy fan here to do the Cowboys Lions review. The one and only Chuck Dog is in the building. Chuck Dog, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so happy to have you. I know we're going to have some battles today because you're on the other side of the coin, but we've been doing these game reviews, and I was like, oh, man, i got to get Chuck on the show yeah. to uh, rep his Cowboys and talk about this football game, so it should be fun. Absolutely. Grifka, what's going on, buddy? we got to get you in on the show. The people love you, man. I mean, uh, just uh, glad to be back, man. Sorry I missed out the last couple podcasts. <laughs> yeah, man, somehow we made it without you. I don't know how it happened, but we were able to get through. But uh, we're back here today. Normally, we're kicking off with our news and notes. But before we get into that, fellas, like, what the freak is going on with this weather? Are you kidding me? My phone's saying negative 8, negative 12 all day. I mean, this is ridiculous, right? Oh, yeah, it's cold, man. It's really cold. and we're breaking me and Grifka's rule because we don't ever talk about anything other than football but like this is just ridiculous so like me and Chuck dog remember uh you showed me eBay way back in the day remember that where you're like oh man I sell on eBay all the time you showed me the ropes remember that way back when I came over your place I do I do I do remember all that so thanks to that man I've been selling for decades so of course today on the coldest day of the year somebody buys an eBay item a Tom Brady jersey and they need it like tomorrow so they're like hey can you ship that out i'm like i guess so so i i I run out in the freezing cold we're we're closed with work everything's shut down i'm working from home i i bundle up i go outside the minute i step out the door i swear my iphone freezes goes off dead i'm just like oh this is great so I, i i make my way up to the post office get this fellas the post office this is like three in the afternoon. I'm thinking, okay, I'll get, I'll get there. It's all packaged up. I'll give it to the bum behind the counter, and we'll get this thing out to this guy. The post office has a note on the door, closed at three, severe weather. Like, last time I checked, isn't it neither rain nor sleet nor snow? Isn't that their creed? Like, no, how no. do you close the post office? That's Spectrum Communications. We're the only ones that stay open the whole time. <laughs> man, somebody's – Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> 
somebody's got to stay open. I mean, I thought the post office was the one place that would still be open, but sure enough, there. I, I drive out, my phone freezes, I'm freezing to death, and the dang thing is closed. So I was able to drop it in the bin, but hopefully that stuff gets going. But man, we, like, and then I saw on Sunday it's going to be 40. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Michigan, ridiculous. Right. But, yep. Like I say, enough talk about the weather, fellas. It's like, we got a huge game on Sunday. It's called the Super Bowl. Like, Chuck, I'll throw it to you first. Like, uh, we'll get Griffin here in a minute. What are you thinking about this Super Bowl, Rams Patriots? Man, I I tell you one thing, man. I I give them all the respect I can give them in Tom Brady, but man, I am tired of seeing this dude in the Super Bowl. It is it's the greatest of all time. You know, he's you know you can't argue with that. You know, I not obviously not a Michigan fan. You guys know that, but man, this guy seems to win all the time. And uh, you know, I'm just, I'm gonna root for the Rams. Just because, you know, it's, it's against Brady, but I have a feeling Brady's going to get, you know, his sixth Super Bowl here. All right, so Chuck Dog's an official hater. Grifka, what about you? What do you think about this game? Well, first thing, you better get the bell out because I just want you to recall, people, you can go back and listen. If you remember when we did our picks before the season, we asked who would win the Super Bowl or who was going. I said Patriots-Rams. Look it up. And I predicted the Patriots. So, uh. All I have to say is, once again, like you said, it's the GOAT. And uh, he seems just to always uh, pull something out of the fire. I know people are like, well, he was one interception away from going home or one you know, or one uh, offsides and defensive offsides. He'd be sitting on the beach right now. But still, I mean, him, a few of those passes he did against Kansas City, he just, like Chuck said, he always seems to uh, make the play when he needs to. So, uh, you know, I'm never tired of seeing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I know everybody's like, everybody hates the Patriots. Nope, I don't. So, uh yeah, I'll be rooting for the Patriots and Tom Brady. So, Chuck Dog, uh, you're one of the millions and millions of the Detroit Kool-Aid listeners, but you know that Grifka on every show, especially he pulls out the times when he's right or makes a prediction. So <laughs> that's a classic Grifka. He uh, he got one right, so he brings it up on the podcast. That's a double bell for you, Grifka, for self-promotion and bringing that back up. But I do give you credit. You did get it right. So uh, for me, I'll just be sure with it. I mean, uh, again, Chuck, I'm on the other side of the coin, man. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. Like, it's just fun to watch greatness. I was a Jordan fan growing up. Uh, aren't you a Jordan hater too? Me? No, no. Oh, okay. I'm a LeBron so, hater. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we like you again, and that's good. But, uh, like, whenever you watch the best do something, it's awesome. So people can say they're getting sick of it. But, man, the way this guy just wins and watching him in that AFC championship game, he's just making incredible throws in the biggest moments. I just think it's awesome. And like you say, a Michigan man, that's always great too. But uh, it's just fun to see him. And I think the Rams will put up a good fight. I mean, they got an incredible offense. And uh, I'm hoping for a fun Super Bowl. The last couple have been incredible. So I'm hoping for another big game on Sunday. So should be good stuff. So with with that being our overall thoughts, fellas, I thought I'd pull a couple prop bets that we could look at just to have a little fun before we dive into this Dallas Cowboys review. You guys up for this? Sure. So they got all these crazy bets. These are pretty simple ones, but I just broke out a few. I want to get your take on it. So one of the prop bets is longest TD of the game, over or under 49 and a hook, 49 and a half yards. Uh, we'll throw this one to Grifka first. Grifka, what do you think? We're going to get a touchdown longer than 49 and a half? No. No. I mean, I'll, I'll put, keep it short and simple. No. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Chuck. What do you think, man? Oh, yeah. There's always there's always a touchdown in the Super Bowl that's longer than that. Yeah, I'm going to go with the over on that one. 
Yeah, man, I'm going to go with you. The way these two teams uh, scheme up things, I think you're going to sneak somebody behind the defense in this game at some point. I don't think there'll be, uh, you know, multiple, but I think you're pretty destined to have one deep uh, deep touchdown. This doesn't say pass. I mean, these running backs do crease one. You just never know. So I'm going over as well. Griffley, you're on your own on that one. Uh, total pass attempts by TB12. We got over or under 37 in a hook. Chuck, what do you think? That was for uh, both teams combined? No, Tom Brady oh. pass attempts, 37 and a half. 37 and a half. You know, um, I'm going to say under because I think the Patriots are going to come out and, and run this football with their three-headed monster they got back there. Uh, you know, Belichick, he, he likes to put a surprise running back in there, and that running back just seems to, you know, do his thing. And so I'm going to say under. All right. I'm surprised they haven't brought up somebody from like the practice squad who'll be like the MVP of the game running the ball, which like how does a team that's Tom Brady like run the ball sort of the way they do? It's just crazy. So Grifka, what do you think? Gee, I, I'm kind of I kind of want to say the same thing that they're going to try to run the ball to keep that Rams offense off the field. But it seems like when you think of one way with the Patriots, they come on and do the exact opposite. And, you know, I, it's one of those things that I, I always thought the Rams could be passed on as well. I know their run defense hasn't been good all year, but gosh, yeah, I think I'm going to say the same thing, though. I think they're going to hedge their bet and say that the Rams' run defense wasn't very good all year, and they're going to try doing that again. So, yeah, I will, I'll go under on that as well. All right. Well, with me on this one, I mean, I see – you know, sometimes when you think there's going to be lots of points put up, it, it becomes one of those, you know, 17-10 games. But, uh, you know, based on what I saw from Rams, Chiefs, you know, that was just ridiculous. So I see this game being big scoring across the board. Um, give me the over on this. I mean, I think when it comes down to that late third, fourth quarter, they'll keep the ball in Brady's hands and just do what he does, man, just sling it around those short passes where he's just pinpoint accurate. So I think he'll probably throw it 40 sometimes. All right, just got a couple, two more quick ones here. Super Bowl MVP. We've got Tom Brady or the field. Uh, Grifka, what do you got? If the Patriots win, I think it's going to become one of those things where people don't want to vote for him, kind of like how people don't want to do it with the Oscars. They don't want to give out so many of them. So (laughs) if they win, I think it's going to – somebody's going to just end up, they'll end up voting for somebody else and not give him another one. So I'll take the field. Chuck, what do you think? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to get a little more specific than what Grifka did. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Rams are going to win this one. And I'm going to think, I'm going to say CJ Anderson gets, oh, gets the MVP. Get Watch. Come on. I'm going to, I'm going to go with an oddball. It happens. It happens every couple of years. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that is an oddball, man. C.J. Anderson's not getting MVP, man. He's, he's like, done a nice story. He's like a bowling I, ball. I bet you. Oh come on! I, I bet you he has a very limited role in this game. I, I'd expect like Gurley to show back up, and for them to have to pass the ball a ton too to be in this game. I know you're just rooting out of spite for them to win, but uh, you know if they win, Jared Goff and those those weapons will have to be big, but. Uh, Come on, fellas. Give me Tom Brady in the field. It's like, remember when Jordan, every time he's in the finals, was it ever Pippen the MVP or Horace Grant? No. Should have been. It was 23. So, oh. 
Oh man, give me Tom Brady all day. I mean, if he wins this game and plays anywhere decent, you know, they just they just automatically give it to the guy. But that's just that's an easy pick though, Derek. I mean, going just going with Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> I'm going Tom Brady across the board, man, because I just feel like he has come up short in a couple of Super Bowls. But I mean. Like you say, he knows that his whole legacy, everything's on the line. He's only got a couple more of these. Like, Jared Goff could be playing for, what, another decade or so. So, he's going to be back in this game. Those guys don't have to worry about that. But Tom Brady knows he needs this one. So, I just think it's going to be like a clean sweep. He's going to have crazy stats, win the ball game, and take home the hardware too. So Safe pick. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, golf, right? You know, it's just uh, you got that one golfer of the field, and sometimes that one golfer does it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so I got a couple different picks than you. Last one I want to do was kind of a fun one. Uh, you know, I was trying to pull up some other fun ones, but I just, you know, didn't find a ton. But this is always a classic, man. National Anthem, how long is that thing going to go? We got Gladys Knight uh, with the pipes uh, here singing the National Anthem. We got over under a minute 50. I mean, Tell me that you fellas don't watch these, and if you've got anything riding or a little bit of fun on a play like that, you're just hoping that uh, she goes with the short version or the long version, depending on which side you're on. But uh, a minute 50, man, I'm uh, I'm taking the over. I bet you she just uh, tries to show out, show off, and goes about two and some change on this national anthem. Uh, Chuck, what do you think? Oh, I'm absolutely with you. Well over. <laughs> this is in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well over. Oh, it's going to be – they're going to be some, some – theatrics when you oh say yeah there's gonna be, be uh... some tunes that last a few seconds for sure <laughs> sometimes you don't even realize it's the anthem when they're halfway through you're like is this some other song she's <laughs> i usually remix <laughs> i usually go get my snack and a drink man I, you know like yeah that's a that's a time to fuel up when these uh these singers get going you're just like oh my right? goodness Grifka, minute 50, over or under. You need to make up some ground here, I think, on these bets. Oh, it's it's a sweep. I mean, she's going over <laughs> minute 50. I mean, like you said, she's going to put a little soul into it. And uh, it is in Atlanta. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's over minute 50. That's that's easy. So, so real quick before we dive into the game. So, like, I had to double look. So, it's Gladys Knight, but her spelling is G-L-A-D-Y-S on the site that I saw. Like, Gladys. Like that just doesn't look right when you put it on paper. I gotta say, Gladys, you gotta. That's just a maybe. That's how all Gladys's spell it. But I never. I don't know many Gladys's, and it looks really weird when you look at it on paper. So, um, since we all went over, let's do a quick. How much time? I'm gonna go with uh, two twenty-five. <laughs> Grifka. Uh, two fifteen. <laughs> I'll, I'll meet Chuck you guys Chuck. in the middle at two twenty. All right, man. She, you know she's going like two forty-five right. with some with some pian with some crazy piano or something going on. Is she singing with the pips? <laughs> I don't know, man. Who knows? Probably Timberlake will probably show up or something. I say I'll add thirty seconds if she's singing with the pips. Oh, <laughs> uh, they always come back to the mic, man. No <laughs> doubt. Uh, <laughs> all right, well that was fun. Just kind of get us kicked off here. So Chuck, man, I totally wanted to say thank you again for coming on the show, man. It's fun to get a. Uh, a uh, new voice and a, and a passionate Cowboys fan. I mean, the, the Kool-Aid drinkers are probably going to hate you, so I don't know if you want to throw out your uh, Twitter handle or your email, but they might come after you after uh, <laughs> some of the things you say on this podcast. But uh, let's uh, let's dive into this football game, man. Uh, All right, let's do it. Fourth, fourth game of the year, Lions heading to Jerry Dome. I mean, before we even talk about it, is it just me or have the Lions and the Cowboys hooked up like – seven out of the last 10 years it seems like we're always going to jerry dome they played here like once or twice but it feels like we've played you guys a ton yeah it seems like a rivalry man it's turning into a rivalry like we play you guys every year it seems like 
It's like the when the Lions had that awkward uh, rivalry against the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Right. Where they had that mix-up division. It was like, why are we rivals with this team that's all the way down in mid-Florida? It makes no sense. But, <laughs> yeah, I think it's been a, a rivalry as well. Griff, are you on the same page? Like, we played these bums a bunch, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know why. It seems like every year there's certain teams the Lions always end up playing. Uh, one's Dallas and one's the Arizona Cardinals, no matter what. Um, it seems like those are the two teams that we always get against the old, uh, the old NFC East. So, uh, that's, uh, yeah, this is how it seems. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a great place to go. I mean, I was lucky enough to go down there in person and check that stadium out. It's incredible. And, uh, it's one of those stadiums where it's packed with a hundred thousand, but it's one that I like our team to go to cause you can sling it around in the dome and, um, just a fun atmosphere. So Grifka, let me kick it over to you. Like, uh, so we're going to kind of work our way through this game. Um, just kind of talk about, let's kind of start with where it started. We all kind of watched it or pulled up some clips on YouTube. Um, let's let's start this game off. Like, uh, what'd you think? Well, I mean, just, you know, rewatching it, you know, with, I guess, a little, uh, a little more time, you know, to kind of go back and rewatch plays and just point out some things. But uh, it seemed uh you know, once again, like, like Kenny Galladay, you know, he had some nice catches, you know, as you had uh, touted him and been touting him for a while now. He's got a good set of hands, seems to get open. And um, it, uh, it seems like uh, the Dallas defense, you know, put more of their defensive backs towards, you know, Jones and uh, Golden Tate. So Galladay, you know, got open, had some nice tough catches there. And uh, as usual, it seemed like uh, the Lions had trouble covering tight ends. And uh, Swain, you know, had a, you know, a couple times he was just wide open once for a touchdown. And, uh, and uh, we've always discussed how uh, Lions have trouble guarding tight end, and uh, he's the one who went off that week. And then uh, the Lions had hold, hold, some... hold on, hold on. What's that? This is where this is where I have to take Griffith to task, Chuck. Swain didn't go off. I just watched this game. I think he had maybe three catches during the game. He had the one, like you say, that the Lions never cover, where it's like third and one from the one, and we just like can't ever guard a tight end that just sneaks out of the backfield. I mean. Did he really blow up Grifker? Did he have a couple plays that he made? Okay, I guess he had a couple plays where I guess you're not expecting Swain to uh, make the catch. Jeff Swain's all okay, pro, baby. I guess you're right. He didn't go off like Ed Dixon two years ago, but Ed Dixon at least has at least some sort of name as a tight end. People have heard of him. Nobody's heard of Swain. I don't even know this guy's first name. Chuck, help me out. Jeff? Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know this guy's name. I just read the back of his jersey as he was blowing by the slow lines linebackers and standing wide open in the end zone, pointing at the fans, waiting for the ball to be thrown to him. So, uh, anyway, okay, well, moving he, on. Well, he had three catches for 39 and a touch, so you're right. He uh, he really killed us. But, uh, That's just, 10 yards of catch for a tight end. <laughs> All right. So, uh, keep, that, that's, go that's ahead, not bad. That's That's not bad. You know, uh, that's more than what Levine Deloilo had or, you know, Luke Wilson, his one catch up the sideline for eight yards or whatever he had. So, uh, hmm. like Chuck said, future Pro Bowler per Grifka, write that down. All that? pro, baby. All pro, Mike Grifka said so. Swain? No, it's the other guy. What was that? What's that other guy's name? For who? Jarwin. Blake Jarwin? Yeah, Blake Jarwin. <laughs> he's leave that he's the alone. greatest Cowboys tight end ever, but we can go into that later. Um... <laughs> See, I don't follow the Cowboys like Chuck. You know, he has he knows all the names. Um, all right. 
Once again, he's, uh, wait, he's waiting to give you an education, but I had to jump in on you there for a second. So go ahead. You got about a couple more minutes, and then I'm letting the cowboy guy get after it. Here. Okay. Well, uh, just a couple point a couple things out. Uh, Lions once again had an awful lot of penalties on defense. A um, couple calls there. The one on Okara that uh, roughing the QB where you know Dak Prescott you know accidentally fell down and stood up. You know, and then they called the roughing the passer because he just like standing there. That, that was a terrible call. Uh, Golden State hold on. a couple nice catches. Uh, your boy hold on, was wide open in the second half way too much because nobody wanted to guard him. Grifka, what? hold on. I got to go back to this call. <laughs> you want me to go Quara. through this, but then, you know. Yeah, well, when you say stuff, I either have to stop you for stupidity or I have to cue you up. So you're talking about this penalty call on Aquara. This is a perfect time to remind the Kool-Aid drinkers of why there was maybe a penalty on Aquara in Dallas against the Cowboys. One, two, three, go. Oh, you mean because it's the Cowboys and they get every call in Dallas? <laughs> yeah. Who else gets calls in the NFL? He just said he doesn't follow the Cowboys, but yet he <laughs> thinks that they get every call. Because he's got to finish his tagline. Griff could go with the other teams that get all the oh, calls. Oh, you mean Pittsburgh and Green Bay and New England? And let's see. I think the Rams are starting to fall under that, too, if you listen to all the New Orleans Saints fans. But, uh, you know, there you go. Okay, you gotta you gotta get that in, especially when Chuck's on here. Remind him of why his team has a couple Super Bowls and why they win because they get all the calls. That's what you say every show. Because <laughs> in 1979 <laughs> they were dubbed America's team. <laughs> you can't you can't skip it when he's on here and not go with your gimmicks. Come I'm just on, trying to okay. blow stuff by him, man. That's what it is. So he can go, wait. Huh? What? <laughs> all right. Well, uh, like you say, you got any other points here? You want to uh, run through? Yeah, just a couple more props for a couple guys on that uh, Cowboys defense. I'm. Um, you know, Lawrence, once again, you know, great defensive end. He had, Lions had a tough time with him. And uh, Van Sky's Rush. blue. What's that? The sky's blue, Grifka, and water's wet. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, well, here's one for you. Uh, Van Esch, he's like a rookie, and I'll pull a Derek uh, Oakry right here. This guy's going to be awesome. He's going to be great. He's cheap. The Cowboys are going to, you know, he's great. He's never going to leave the field. Put a bust in can right now. Van Rush. Awesome. There. There you go. I agree with you. You should go back and listen to old Kool-Aid cast before the draft when I said the Lions should take Van Der Esch and everybody uh, laughed at me and the big Hughes was like, who? And uh, so go back and listen to those shows. So. Okay. But yeah, uh, Lawrence is good, Grifka. Well, you're the one that was questioning him on the podcast. You didn't know how good he was when we talked about it. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. Is he any good? I'm like, <laughs> Oh, he's really God. good, guys. He's, he's good. really good. I, I don't think so. You might want to go pull that tape. Yes, he's, please do, uh, because when I went over to Chuck's that day to watch the game with him, he's just like, yeah, tell Derek he's good. I'm like, yeah, I know, but, you know, it's okay. If, you know, I just, it's <laughs> but okay. did you tell him? Yeah, I told him. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. There you go. Th- those, are my, those are my spots on the game. Okay. So those are Griff's quick, quick hits. I guess, like uh, – you know, Chuck, you can give me some thoughts on this game, but I want to walk through. I got a few starred items here. I want to walk it through, like, kind of start to end with a couple bullets. But, Chuck Dog, what do you think when you watch this game? You can give some quick hits. You can kind of summarize it, whatever you want to do. Well, you know, I, I, overall, I thought that it was a, a good game. You know, it was a close game. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for, uh, you know, Zeke, the Cowboys wouldn't have been this game at all. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, – and once again, Golden Tate. I call Golden Tate when he was with the Lions. He's a cowboy killer. This guy, every time he, when he's with the Lions and he plays Dallas, 
he has a phenomenal game. And I think he had like eight catches, two touchdowns, and 130-some yards as well in this game. Um, yeah, he was real good. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with uh, maybe against the Lions is I don't understand why they, they took carry-on out of the game, you know. Carry-on was – he had like six yards of carry, running the ball hard, looking good, and then they decided to bring in LeGarrant Blunt who averages like a yard a carry. I mean, he's right. so slow. I don't understand why you guys kept giving him the ball. You know, he, well, I, I guess I'd give it to him on the one-yard line. Where Carrion Johnson busted off that run, and then they took him out and put Blunt in, and he didn't do anything. So, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I think uh, Beasley hurt you guys on uh, a lot of key third-down game uh, calls. And, you know... I thought it was an overall pretty good game, but I think um, Grifka's got to remember that, you know, Roger Goodell does not like the Cowboys. <laughs> so the Cowboys do not get all these guys, these calls that he says. Get them. <laughs> Whatever. So you got to remember you which owner. I busted my coffee table when Marion Barber had his dreads pulled from oh my God. I called a horse collar. And then Dude, the that was nineteen. We scored because oh, that's right. Because they would have stopped him on third down. <laughs> Your but, kids yeah, weren't even born then. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't get calls. You gonna oh, bring up man. something from nineteen ninety two? Really? Yes. And it, that's what, of course, that's, because it's it's just a pattern. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Hey, here's one. I love the playmaker, just like I know you love the playmaker. But that guy pushed off all the time. Man. <laughs> Oh, that's where Griffka goes to the well. So, right, right. Uh, battle him back, Chuck Dog. What do you got to say about that? What about when we're watching the game and all of a sudden we see this Cowboys helmet go flying in the back backfield? <laughs> Joe Looney's helmet just surprisingly comes off. They show the replay, and I think it was uh, your your uh, defensive tackle from Alabama has got his hands like inside of his eyeballs. No call there, there, but you know we'll we'll just keep it at that. <laughs> That's because they were too busy watching uh, watching um. Cole Beasley get wide open in the defensive backfield and their jaws are dropped. How like he was so wide open, but you know, so they missed that one. Hey, but Cole I mean, Beasley we don't we don't have to bring we don't have to bring up the most memorable missed call of all time where they actually moved the ball. The lines were lined up on offense, and then the refs come in. Wait, wait, wait! There wasn't a penalty on that. Well, let's just pick it up and move it back the uh, the twenty yards on that. So yeah, that, yeah, that playoff game. Yeah, you're right. That that never happened either. So, <laughs> oh, you mean the one that he face masked him on? Yeah, I remember that play. He faced he faced Mastermind. You mean you mean where? Who was you talking the, about Pettidrop? Yeah, yeah, Pettidrop. Where he didn't face mask him at all because whoever whoever the who was it? Who, who was even covering there? Hitchens. I mean, was it Randy White or? Uh, You're gonna sit there and complain about stuff and not know nothing? That's because I'm trying to put it out of my mind. <laughs> that's a, that's go to hate, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh man, I could listen to this for days, but uh, like you say, I think we'll get to some of those topics here in a minute. But uh, All right, yeah, go ahead. Th- there's definitely, definitely some uh, some heat there from previous years. So 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 let me break this down. Both of you guys had good good points, good, good quick hits. So just a couple things I had starred. Like you guys sort of already hit on it. Like Carry on Johnson on the first play of the game rips off like, like a 30 yard run. I mean, this guy is just uh, he's got power, he's got speed. So I put that down as about a 30-yard run. I'm looking at his stat line now. He ended the game with 55 yards. Like you said, they went to LeGarrette Blunt, seven carries for 12 yards. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that was a big um, kind of misstep by the Lions in this game. Yeah, that was a 38-yarder uh, by carry-on. 
Yeah, 38. And then he he didn't do anything, but like you said, they didn't really keep him in the flow of the game, so that really hurt the Lions. When I went back and watched this game too, like Chuck said, I mean, this was a good football game. This was close throughout, big a couple big plays by each team back and forth. Uh, I mean, it was just quality. I thought it was it was one of those where – you know, Chuck's super happy because they won. We were pissed that we lost, but man, it was uh, it was a good back and forth. So let me run through a couple of these bullets real quick. Like GT's touchdown, I mean, he just absolutely made the Cowboys look silly. I mean, Heath looked like he was stuck in mud that first one. They threw it down the right side. Like Golden Tate just caught it, and like yeah, Chuck gave props to Golden Tate. Like Grifka loves Golden Tate and never wanted to trade him. Just keep him here till he's forty and pay him, you know, fifteen million bucks a year. But like it's so weird how he catches the ball and like just starts to run like, Oh, he's not really doing anything. And then he just runs by the whole defense for a touchdown. He's done that a few times now in his career. So that was just a crazy play right there. I've got here. Uh, Zeke was just grinding out yards on every touch. I felt like every time he was falling forward for good yards. And then he also got a couple screen balls and a couple plays that were big. Um, Golden Tate. If you guys watched it back when he made that catch, I want to say it was a first down play. Made a nice little hands catch, and then when he got up, he acted like he couldn't get the football off his gloves and had to use his foot to get it off. Uh, that was a classic little uh, celebration <laughs> there by GT. Just absolutely great stuff. And then your boy, Chuck, Jason Garrett, gets challenge happy early in the game. He wins one challenge, so on like the next play, he thinks he'll challenge again. He loses it by this mid-early second quarter. He's out of challenges for the whole game. Way to, way to go, Carrot Top. Right. Um, Mr. You know, Clapper. Yeah, it was classic. Not only the clapping, like this isn't on my, but now that you bring it up, why does Jason Garrett every time, it doesn't matter when it is, but every time he's on camera and every play, he, he, he moves his headpiece and he spits <laughs> and then he puts his headgear back up. Am I the only one that doesn't see or sees this? Like he, yeah. that's just, that's just uh, weird right there that he yeah. does that every play, but yeah. Don't, and the clappings are ridiculous too. Don't get me started on him. <laughs> Yeah, we might have to talk about him here in a minute. But uh, so I thought that GT was just a, a great celebration, great touchdown. I got here, Grifka hit on it. I thought that was a weak call on Aquara. I mean, I thought he he put it did enough to put Zach on or Dak on his knee. And he pops up, and of course, so we're gonna finish the play too. We hit him, but there was a call. I think it was on Slay or one of our corners for illegal contact so it wouldn't really mattered when I went back and watched it but I remember being real annoyed by that call when the game happened um on the touchdown to Zeke the little screen pass I mean I got here in big bowl letters JD just gets killed by Zach Martin for about 30 yards down the field just absolutely worked him that was uh tough to watch uh I put here Lions just weren't tough enough weren't tough enough tackling blocking for that first half even though it was 13 10 Cowboys um, just a couple other things I had here. Uh, the Zeke big play that he had, like Sly Williams is just a lazy piece of garbage. Like he just totally missed the tackle and then Zeke ran for what, 30 or 40 on that play. Uh, I got here a fourth and one, uh, Zeke, they went for it on fourth and one. Tell me this wasn't the big play of the game, boys, like fourth and one, they're going for it right down on their goal line there. They give it to Zeke. He plows forward for the first down, but he, he coughs up the football, course the Lions are nowhere to be found the Cowboys pick it up not only do they get the first down but then they just you know I think they threw it to Swain on the next play to make it 20 all pro 10. baby all pro yep yep put him in Canton <laughs> and then I got here too like we got to talk about the carry on run later in the game where he just absolutely dump trucks Heath like he gets the ball on a 
like a pitch out to the right and just get man when this guy gets his speed going he's speed and power he just absolutely lit up he put him looking at the lights i think he was out of the game after that um to cut it to 17 uh for the lions 20 cowboys that was huge um i don't know and then we just let's let's talk long form about this pass to zeke that basically like sealed the game. You know, they hadn't run it ever. Me and Grifka broke it down when it happened. They never run Zeke on these type of routes. They do on this play. Dak yep. throws an incredible ball. Willie Mays over the shoulder. Like Chuck, tell me about that, man. Yeah, it was a it was a really good call. It did uh surprise me because like you said, they they Linehan didn't call it all year and he didn't call it again after that. So yeah. I don't know if it was something that he saw during the game that hey, this would work. But, uh, yeah, they didn't call it before that. They didn't call it after that. You know, I don't know if that was, like I said, an in-game decision that they decided to make. But, yeah, it was a heck of a heck of a catch and, a, you know, a pretty good pass by Dak, surprisingly. And you, you got to talk as a Cowboy fan. Like, Zeke, he catches – he's good on screens once they're set up. But he has – I mean, he's not the surest handed. I mean, he catches it when it's there. But I see him with drops sometimes. I mean, this was a hard ball to catch. I mean, it was – it was up over the top of them. It was really far downfield. You don't see many running backs get that far downfield, try to catch a ball up over their shoulder like that. So I was just shocked by not only the, that they went there, but the execution by the quarterback and the running back to make this play. Grifka, any thoughts on this big play that basically sealed it for him? Um, you know what I thought about it. I thought I had this argument with another one of my friends, like linebackers always cover running backs. And I'm just like, yeah, it happens like when they start in the backfield and they split out. Zeke was split out from the, from the jump. And they put just move Davis out there on him. And, and it, was, it was a good call by the Cowboys because everybody knew that Davis couldn't cover a pass. So, you know, it's like, okay, it's the matchup they wanted. And they left him in there, you know, to have him, you know, get burned. And, yeah, they never ran it. But still, he was lined up out in the slot already. It wasn't a it wasn't a, a wheel route, and he didn't start in the backfield and move you know motion out to the slot. No, he started out there, and they still put you know Davis was still out there. So it was I thought it was yeah, he was out bad, wide from the start. That defensive yeah. call, and I much rather would have had a defensive back on him than our uncoverable linebacker and Jared Davis. Oh boy. Okay, Chuck, again, this is where I kind of get after Griffith. So you're ragging on Jared Davis, but I'm sure you went back and watched this highlight. Did you really think that he he was like? That didn't have good coverage on this play. Like I feel like he was right there. It was just a perfect ball, perfect catch. I mean, he's he's right there on on Zeke. You mean he's uh, like in his back pocket? Is that what you're talking about? I mean, you're you're I mean, claiming yeah, he it. was he was by him, but he never turned his head around to look for the ball. You know, something that defensive back with ball skills knows what to do. So. Hmm. He's not a defensive back. He's a middle linebacker, exactly. and he's running That's forty yards down the field. On him. Do we need to argue about this again? <laughs> well, yeah, because you were acting like oh, he's five yeah. well, yards off and Jared got Davis toasted, boy, and he didn't. But you know, he's he's not very good in coverage. Yeah, we've established that, but don't kill him on this one where he was he was in his back pocket. He didn't have he his was head. right there. Yeah, he he was he was behind him, so I guess technically he was in <sighs> his back pocket, but he was still his, Zeke had him by a step. And yeah, Dak made a great pass, but he never turned his head around. I thought I mean, it was a little underthrown. Elliot's looking back at the ball. It's not like it was a timing route where the ball's thrown before the wide receiver even breaks. No, Elliot has his head turned around looking for the ball, and Davis is still looking at him. He never turns his head around and looks for the ball. Yeah, it was a great pass. It was. 
But to sit there and, well, you know, oh, no, he still God. missed the play. He shouldn't have been covering him. Put a defensive back on him. He knows to turn the dang head around. Oh, so so we should have had a D uh, schemed up to cover Zeke running 40 yards down the right sideline when they've never done that ever. We should you have, mean like, when a running back lined up in the slot? Yes. Okay. When they have to go down the field? Yes. Okay, I mean, well. Sorry, yes. In, in I know perfect it goes football, against, you know, I mean. Your favorite boy, Davis, and I know you don't like Mother Goose calling defenses, but still. Yes, they should have had another DB out there. They had to go downfield. They weren't going to chuck the ball down there with a the run. And, you know, Jared Davis is not a three-down linebacker. You know, I, I realize he's fast, but the guy couldn't cover a coffee table. So, sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like I say, to me, that was a great play by the Cowboys, as much as it hurts me to say that. Um, I felt like the Lions played huge. I did skip over that incredible 45-yard TD ball by Matt Stafford, just the absolute perfect ball between the corner and the safety right to GT and stride. He pranced in the end zone. That was, that was huge. And like, this is where I get with the lions. Like that should have won the game. I mean, I know Chuck, you're like, all right, we got time. We'll come back and win this. But like when they threw that ball, it was like a momentum swing where it was kind of like, all right, you know, go out and play defense and win this football game. That was a hell of a throw by your quarterback. Uh, you know, like you said, GT, 132, two TDs, like having a, an absolute great ball game. And the Lions let you dink and dunk your way down the field and make that one big play to, to ice it with a field goal. I mean, that was my big takeaway is, like, until this team can start ending games like that, you know, it's still going to be a struggle. And the Cowboys, you know, at home, which, again, is an advantage, but they stepped up and won this game more so than Lions losing it. But the Lions didn't put the nail in after their offense really made an absolute great play to take the lead late. I mean, it was... I don't know if I have it here. Like, I think you got the ball back with only a couple minutes left and some timeouts. Two twelve and two timeouts. I think I have here. Sounds about right. The D couldn't come up. I mean, that play to Zeke was with a minute seventeen left, and it was a second down play, second and ten. So, I mean, you make one or two plays there on defense, it's ball game. So, like I say, I think the the Cowboys won this. The Lions didn't necessarily lose it, but in that big moment, they didn't step up. And we've seen that too many a times. I mean, I'd throw it to Grifka, but like you say, he'd go back to the 90s and tell us all the times that they uh, fell short. But we all know that it's happened way too much. So, anything else on this ballgame, fellas, from top to bottom? I mean, uh, win for the Cowboys, loss for our Lions, fourth game of the year. I mean, it was a big swing for uh, for the Lions, no doubt. I have a question for Chuck, considering I was sitting there with you. Just sure. how much doubt was in your head that the Cowboys were going to come back and win that game after Golden Tate scored that touchdown? Well, you know how I feel about Dak Prescott. so He's good. Well, you know. <laughs> I know you hate on him, but he's pretty good, man. <laughs> I don't hate and, on him. And, as and he's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. And he's cheap. Right now. Um, you know, I, I honestly, I was thinking that was game. I, I, I thought, you know, Dak was going to come out, try to do something and uh, throw one of his, you know, throwing off his back leg throws that are short by 20 yards and, you know, somebody picking it off. But, you know, they they came out, called the right play, and he, he, he threw a good pass. You know, I, as much as I knock on him, I couldn't knock on on, on that throw and, 
I want to say you know, he, made a, he made a big third down throw too. I don't have that here, but didn't he? I think he made a third down throw that was to like Hearns or uh, the rookie and uh, moved some chains yeah, there too before that play to Zeke. Yeah, but yeah, he had Gallup on a, a couple plays. Gallup uh, right. stepped up during that game, had some good catches. Uh, Hearns had a couple. Uh, the what I call is the Hearns slant because that's about all he runs. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he had a couple of those and. You know, like I said, I was pretty shocked. You know, at Dak's pose on that poise and that uh, on that little uh, drive, but you know, I I had doubts. Yeah, I mean, I I know you get frustrated with him, but like, you know, once they pay him like twenty some million and he's your your guy for the next five to eight years, I can see where you can be a little bit more harsh on him. But like right now. As long as Zeke's going, I mean, they're able to win games with him at quarterback, I think. And like I say, nobody's perfect at the quarterback position, but, I mean, he could always be better. But he stepped up in this game. He had some struggles mid-year, but then he played real big for you at the end of the year. So, Well, know. I think that came about with having getting a, a big-time receiver that I had to eat crow on. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I got that text message saved between me and you, buddy, where you just hated it, and I told you yeah. that this guy's a ball player. He's young, and like you say, yeah, it's a big draft asset, but this guy's almost just, like getting a 23-year-old top receiver. I mean, it worked out. So Yeah, yeah, I ate crow for that for sure. But, uh, yeah, with Amari Cooper playing the way he is and Zeke, yeah, that can win games for us. Yeah. Hold on. This is where I throw it to Griff Good. Hey, Griff Good, what do you think about that Amari Cooper trade? I thought it was a good trade. I mean, he's first round talent. Oh, don't don't make us go back in the tape where you hated that deal. You you were like, I would actually oh, that's way too much because I don't. You always say go back to the tape and check, but you never yeah. do because no, I didn't hate because he's in a first, he's first round talent. You yeah. were like you were like oh a first round that's a lot to give up, but Jerry Jones, you know, he just does whatever and it it won't. Uh, it's too much to give up. I believe that's what you said, but. Yeah, I would uh, prefer actually thing. if you went back and checked the tape for all the time's sake, go back and check the tape. Because I don't think you ever do. Because you bust on <laughs> me for it, but you know, that's when you let you let the Kool-Aid drink. Oh might yeah, because they don't go back and check either. So uh I, I would appreciate it if you did. Because okay. no, I thought that was a good trade. So Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll waste my time and go back and uh Please do and if your, I'm wrong, wrong. pro on it, but because you <laughs> okay. say that a lot. Oh well, yeah, go back and check, Mike. You were wrong. Well, the only okay. time you pipe up is when you know you were right, like once every blue moon. So I got to call you out yeah. sometimes. I mean, we'll like never said, hear from you. You're the guy that goes to the horse track. That's every horse to win. When the horse wins, see, I won. Well, congratulations. You picked every horse to win. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're the guy that after the race, says, oh, I would have picked number six who won. Like, no one cares after the race, Grifka. Like, it's just a waste of time to say yeah, who would have won you'll later. You'd be the person who'll be like, well, that horse is a, like a, a five to two favorite. And you're like, see, he's a good horse. And he's a good horse. I told you he was going to be a good horse, like, when, when he came out. You know, he's an hey. awesome horse. So, okay. hey, we're arguing over a Cowboys player. You guys know that, right? Yeah, this is what we do on the show because Grifka like gets away with stuff and then he tries to call me out on everything and it's like, no, it's, it doesn't work that it's, way. It's easy to call you out on everything because you never talk bad about anybody and everybody's great. So, uh, yep, yep. Like every Jeff show. Swain. That's all I say. Yep. Jeff Swain, all pro hall of famer. So, <laughs> Hey Chuck, I just said the, li- I just said the lines don't cover him and he, and he went off. It's Jeff Swain. He had three catches, yeah, average 11 y- almost 12 yards, a ki- 12 yards a catch, but. He had 30 yards in the game. To quote Grifka, oh, Jeff Swain really took it to us. He had 39 yards in the game, three catches, and a one-yard touchdown where he's uncovered. Like, you think I'm not going to let that slide? Jeff Swain. Yeah, Jeff Swain. Jeff Swain should have how many many yards? 
he shouldn't have he shouldn't have almost forty yards receiving on three catches. Okay, so yeah, Jeff Swain. Okay, let's get that right. <laughs> That's a double bell for the double okay by Grifka. All right, man. Like I say, I'll never never win with you, but it's all all in good fun. We got to go back and forth here on the podcast now, Chuck. I know your time's a bit limited, but you know I'm not going to let you get away with just like talking about this game. You were trying to be real nice to me and Grifka, even though I know you want to sort of shove it in our face, but you didn't really do that. So I appreciate that, but I still got to call you on the carpet. So I got some questions for you. Ready for these questions? Sure. All right, so first question. We might as well get into it. Be honest with the Kool-Aid audience, the Kool-Aid drinkers out there. I mean, that was a flag on Anthony Hitchens in the playoff game against Pettigrew, right? I mean, just admit it for the people. Hello? Hello. <laughs> Do you have anything okay, to I'm say back. about that play? Uh, you know, I say it's a penalty because they threw the flag. They threw the flag for a reason, and yeah, it should have stayed. That's how it was. I mean, if they didn't throw a flag, then, you know, I would probably think differently. I think it was it was a bang-bang play, but, yeah, they threw the flag, and I think the flag should have stayed. Okay, well, I have some exclusive audio um, that I just want to play here. Um, we'll see how well you can hear it. Uh, I was able to get Matt Stafford's reaction to that play all these years later, and here's what he had to say. Hey, that's unbelievable. Congratulations. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he also thought, like like many of us, like, has there ever been a, penal- a pass interference, let alone a penalty, where it's been thrown, marked off, ready for play, then all of a sudden let's get together, picked up, and then reversed? Here's what you had to say about that. I've never in the history seen one turnover. Congratulations, man. First time in the history that's happened. First time in history that's happened. Congratulations. I don't know. There's funny clips from Matt Stafford, but uh, I thought it was unbelievable as well. No congratulations is more like it, but uh, absolute garbage call in my opinion. And Chuck, you were humble and sort of admitted it. So got to get that off. All the Kool-Aid drinkers, a lifelong Dallas Cowboy fan has admitted on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast that, yeah, that was a penalty and Lions got screwed. So I feel good about that. I'm glad we, glad we got that figured out. Uh, next question. Does it hurt you to know that our one Lions playoff win since 1957 was against your Cowboys? Does that just eat you up every day when your alarm goes off in the morning? Oh, absolutely not, because I think the next year we cleaned your clock and went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but we so. have one win in the playoffs since 1957. <laughs> one! And it's not against Tampa Bay. It's not against the... You know, some uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. It's against the America's look, team, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, we and we beat your, we beat you bad. Look, the, the, <laughs> it's it's strange about the Detroit Lions because they always play Dallas tough. No matter how good Dallas is, they always play Dallas tough. I remember. I'm gonna pull a Grifka here. I remember a Monday Night Football game where it was Emmett Smith against Barry Sanders. The uh, Super Bowl winning Dallas Cowboys against a mediocre Lions team. And the Lions end up winning that game. And Barry had, you know, something ridiculous like 220 yards rushing. Emmett had like 190 yards rushing. They were right back by each other. But there's something with the Lions where for some reason they play very well against the Dallas Cowboys. And I just don't know what it is. The only time, like I said, the only time I've ever seen the Lions not play well against Dallas is when Dallas went on to win that Super Bowl and got the Lions 
I believe, in that first round of that playoffs where they ended up beating them like 37 to 3 or something. And that's about the only time I've ever I've never seen Detroit not play Dallas well. All right. Well, yeah, you, you get a you get a Chuck a second Chuck Bell for that one because uh, that would be a Griffco where he'd say like this team always plays good against us. Only it's like over half the league. So that leads me to my next question. We already kind of talked about it. Griffco, feel free to chime in here. But uh, I have here. How do you feel, Chuck, about Grifka always whining and complaining about the Cowboys getting favored by the NFL and all the other teams? I mean, it's a classic bit on the show. The people love it. But, uh, I mean, tell us a little bit more about what you think about it and if Grifka should keep up this uh, this bit he's been doing for about a couple decades now. Well, you know, I, I would say maybe back in the day that was probably <laughs> probably pretty accurate, but it's not that way anymore. Just because Jared you know, Jones can't keep his mouth shut, you think that Goodell and him hate each other now? Well, yeah. I mean, they they uh, they suspended a, their running back for six games for um, doing nothing. You know, the the his ex girlfriend was caught lying, and they actually are uh, going after her for lying, but yet he still gets suspended for six games. You know, that's just part of Goodell. How much he just hates. Uh, Jerry Jones right now and you know Jerry Jones is one of the couple owners that went against uh, Goodell getting a new contract so now I you know they don't get any calls now I don't know about that I think that like they had to go through that process with Zeke but I think you're right at the end of the day it kind of proved to be nothing and you can't get those games back where he was back and forth or sitting out or wherever the case was but I mean Jerry Jones makes billions of dollars for the NFL so I think he's still one of the top favorite owners but I'm never one to sort of oh we always get screwed and this team but you know uh, the Lions have had some tough breaks, no doubt about it. Grifka, if you're still alive, would you like to retort to Chuck uh, about this uh, classic quote you often have on our show about uh, the, the the Lions getting screwed by the refs and other teams getting favored? They do. It's an entertainment league. <laughs> I mean, that's why. That's why was it? Uh, the Cowboys are always like either the one of the main games on, you know, Sunday or the Sunday night game or the Monday night game. They just, I mean, they, they draw a lot of fans. If, if, if they were, if they had the fan base of the Jacksonville Jaguars, they, uh, you know, you'd never see them on TV and they wouldn't get said calls, but you know, it just, it happens that way. They're just, they're a favorite team. They're, they're liked. I mean, that's what they are. <laughs> Oh, well, like you say, that's we're always going to have that on the show, and I know it's a, uh, something I always talk about, but uh, like you say, the NFL, man, they're always creating controversy, no doubt about it. So, Chuck, just a qu- couple more quick ones for you before we get out of here. This is a personal one between me and you. Do you remember the game? It's the one game that me and you went to at Ford Field. It has yes, to be your Cowboys against my Lions. Jason Witten. Uh, <laughs> hold on i'm teeing it up here <laughs> so the whole game we're sitting in the end zone you're like you're happy to see your team i'm like the lines were not very good at that point i mean uh, i think this was before 0 and 16 but it was just cool we finally got it worked out and you got all your busy life my busy we we're like man let's get together for this game so you made the trip down i remember getting in there having a the fun watching this football game man my lines come out of the gate playing good football i mean this is the tony romo days i think he's having kind of an off day lines are are winning this game before i can blink late in the fourth quarter here comes the cowboys 
they start driving, they're kind of coming down and, and I, you know, I'm getting the Grifka itis from going, Oh no, <laughs> this doesn't feel good, but I'm going to believe in my team. I mean, kill me for being positive people. I'm like, we're going to win this game somehow. And then there was the post route, as you said already, to Jason Witten. He ran the old classic Jason Witten out, run to the post, right up the seam. Tony Romo threw that perfect throw that he always put right on his uh, numbers there for a touchdown. Basically ended the game. I can't remember how much time was left, but it was like a walk-off shot. And you were just taunting fans and, and giving me the business. And I just oh, I just did not want to hear it. So you, was, you're, you remember that? that? You got any comments on it? Wasn't that the game where Paris Lennon kicked the ball back to the Cowboys? Where there was a fumble and Paris Lennon, instead of falling on it, which would have won the game, he wants to be a Barney bad butt and like pick up the ball and run for a touchdown. Instead, he kicks it back to Dallas and Dallas falls on it. Wasn't that that game? Yep. That sounds about right. I mean, <laughs> uh, how dare you bring up... Paris, uh, Paris, Lennon. Paris Lennon. Nope. I just always all you had to do was fall name. on it. Nope, you, Derek, are, you Derek, want to pick it up and run with it. You got to remember during that game, though, <laughs> how much crap you and the fans were giving me that whole time. You had somebody oh, yeah. behind me just talking in my <laughs> ear the whole time. Oh yeah, the whole time. And then finally, when because... Dallas comes up, I jump up, <laughs> and they get all mad at me because I'm celebrating. <laughs> Ah, huh, yeah, well, that probably was your jersey and your hat and all the other gear you had on. I mean, I told you to rep your team, but, like, not right at the end when we got stabbed in the heart and L. So, you're right. I, I mean, yeah, I'm going to give it to you anytime. Like, you're taking my tickets this year when Dallas comes. Like, I probably won't be with you that game. But if I was, yeah, I'd be right in your ear, too. Like, that's what hey. we do. But, yeah, you had the last laugh on this day, no doubt about it. Do or die, I rep the team. Yeah, got to support the team. Uh, classic Seinfeld, but uh, <laughs> that was that was a classic memory, man. So I got one last one for you. This is a really tough question. Are you ready? Yeah. My final question for you on the Detroit Kool Aid Cast this podcast: Who is the best running back of all time, and why is it Barry? Go. It's Walter Payton. What? If you want my honest truth. It's Walter Payton. To me, Barry was a Barry was a great, great, great running back. You know, probably one of the best pure runners there is in the game. But for me, it's Walter Payton. Walter Payton did, and I'm not. A, I I don't like the Bears one bit. But Walter Payton was a heck of a player. He did everything for that team. You know, he even played quarterback a couple times for that team because they were they had some injuries. That guy could do it all. Oh, I absolutely hate that answer because, one, you should have said your boy 22, so we could have went back and forth, but you took, like, the – you took the Netherlands pick, which is in the middle, like, so that people can't hate you, but you should still give your email out so you can send those hate tweets to Chuck uh, for, for not giving Barry his due. But, well. Grifka, you got anything to say about this? I mean, come on. I thought it was between uh, 22 and Dallas and Barry, and then Chuck Dog goes with the safe pick of Walter <laughs> Payton. I mean, what, what do you think here? Um. I'm, there's no, de- I'm, there's no I'm debate. Considering, well, here, get the bell out. You know, he's. I have to say Walter Payton as well because I remember watching him as a kid, and just jaw drop. But oh I mean, number two is going to be Barry Sanders, but number three to me is even, you know, it's Jim Brown, and all I saw was highlights. But so I mean, <laughs> oh, get him, get him, Chuck. He just, he just put your boy Emmett. Like he's probably not in the top gonna ten. Argue, dude, let's put it this way: Chuck, Chuck knows Jim Brown is like, you know. Badass because one, 
when Franco Harris was like going for some rushing thing, Jim Brown was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to come out of retirement so I can still run the ball. And he probably still could have. And two, me and Chuck once saw Jim Brown in the Las Vegas airport and we didn't want to go near him because he could still kick our ass. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So he ain't going to get me on that. Well, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Emmett Smith, but he, uh, to me, I'm going to keep it real. I don't even think he's number one on the Cowboys uh, running backs. What? Nope. Like, isn't Emmett your boy? Like, ever since I've known you, I've known you for decades now. Like, you're always repping, you know, Emmett and Michael Irv, all these guys, and now you're not pulling for your guy? I mean, this is the, the podcast. You should at least be just the, bowed up talking about your guy. I the, mean, come on. The triplets were a bad, were, were a bad team. They They – they did their thing, but my my favorite running back with Dallas is Tony Dorsett. Easily said and done. Greatest Broncos running back of all time. <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> oh my gosh! So this is this is taking a turn for the worst here. I thought we we're gonna have a five minute battle between uh, Barry and Emmett. Here we're just getting into this love fest for all these other guys. So this has went bad on me. But uh, <laughs> like say uh, Detroit Kool Aid cast, they tell Griff this every week. The people are dialed up, want to hear some Lions Kool Aid. So to me. Even kind of before my time as a Lions absolute diehard, I mean, you see these highlights and these stats that Barry Sanders put up in his limited career. I mean, yeah, we can turn back the hands of time to all these old running backs, but to me, when you just look at what they did in the time they were there, I mean, this guy put on a show. He was absolutely incredible. So all you Kool-Aid drinkers out there, again, just for uh, the podcast, I mean, I'm going to take Barry Sanders' as the, the greatest running back of all time. And, and again, that comes to me as Griffith always says like, yeah, I like to be entertained. Yes. I like the highlight real plays. And this guy did it better than anybody. I mean, could you imagine if he played another five plus years in the NFL, he'd have every record by a long way. So, um, you know, give me Barry. You guys can have all your, your old folks there that you're talking about. I mean, respect to those guys. Like you say, Jim Brown, everybody knows he was an absolute beast. How would he do in today's NFL? I mean, probably be incredible, but we'll never know. And then, uh, you know, Walter Payton was a stud too, but I think, you know, the debate is always between either Barry and Emmett or some of these other guys when they're talking about the greatest of all time, especially when you break it down with stats and whatnot. So that's my take. Chuck Dog, we talked about Lions Cowboys. We've had some fun. We've talked about the Super Bowl coming up. Looking forward to that. And I, I beat you up here and there and some Lions uh, Cowboys questions here at the end. You got anything else before we get out of here? No, I just want to appreciate everybody for allowing me on here. I know this is a, a Detroit <laughs> Kool-Aid cast. And, you know, I try to keep it as respectable as I can because this, this is your guys' podcast. <laughs> but go Cowboys. <laughs> oh man well it's been super fun having you like i say it's uh you were very respectable almost too much so i really wanted to put the boxing gloves on and fight it out a little more than we got to but you were a, a great guest here on the show i'm sure the people will uh respect and enjoy you being on the show um, i know you and griffka have been buddies for years and years before i knew you and it's just been a pleasure man to uh call you a friend and, and get to know you over the years and uh, we always had fun battling it out about our sports teams and sports takes and all that stuff so it's just been cool all these years later to have you on the podcast it's just a little fun thing that we do a couple times a week here so it's been awesome man all right well thanks for having me no problem this is at the very end where i say hey grifka you got anything else for the people man before we get out of here nope 
and then that's Grifka's normal response, and then I bring it home. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Chuck, again, thanks for being on. Um, we're going to be back at you guys next week. And I'm actually – I didn't do it last week, but I promise everybody I'm going to try to uh, hit you up uh, over the weekend with a uh, senior bowl and some draft talk, kind of do a separate podcast to so be on the lookout for that. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Drink it in, man. Subscribe on iTunes. Share this with a friend. Chuck, thanks again. We'll have to have you back on another time. And everybody, for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, for Chuck, for Grifka, for myself, we're going to get out of here. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Well, I'll tell you, there's going to be lots of talk about the officiating in this playoff game with the Cowboys and the Lions, specifically about the play with 8.25 to go in the fourth quarter, third and one from the Dallas 46. It's a pass from Matthew Stafford to Brandon Predigrew. And I'll tell you, he had interference called against Anthony Hitchens. Interference called, interference announced, and then interference picked up. Well, I'll tell you, I watch a lot of football, see a lot of plays. To me, you can't pick that flag up. Hitchens was not playing the ball, shoved with his left arm first. Pettigrew came back and tried to get to the ball, couldn't. That's pass interference and was correctly called on the field. And actually, it was defensive holding also because Pettigrew got his jersey grabbed and stretched as he tried to get off the line of scrimmage. So a huge break for the Cowboys in that situation. Now, there will be discussion. You know, this was not a regular crew that had been together for 15 weeks of the regular season. They were guys that hadn't worked together all season. Did that affect them? You know, did that cause more conversation than they would normally have? Who knows? All I know is this. The Cowboys caught a huge, huge break. Hey, that's unbelievable. Congratulations. It's unbelievable. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man. Hey, that's unbelievable. Congratulations. It's unbelievable.